In a world filled with big sports companies and high-end production podcasts comes a group of guys who paid five bucks for this intro. Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Fantasy. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Eat Sleep Fantasy. And the listener league lineups have been announced. Mike, I'm going to fuck you up. Oh, yeah. Listener league. Uh, <laughs> listener league. All right, listen Jake, Jeffrey, Noah, Cameron, Michael. Almost said my own name. Mike, Kyle, David, Jacob, Brendan, and the other Chris. You're screwed. I mean, basically, you have no hope. Just might as well drop out now. Yes. Um, as far I mean, as I'm, guys in the other league? Yeah, I mean, Benjamin, Chris, <laughs> Seth, Roman, Bobby, Corey, Daryl. Uh, Rick. All right, this is bad. Let's stop doing this. <laughs> so, <laughs> hold on. Before There's before only 48 names guys. to say. Come on, let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> before we continue, I, I did just want to make an announcement for everybody. Um, you're pregnant. Yes, no, I, I am. Ex- no. We are expecting. Uh, in about five months, we are expecting a fantasy championship belt in the mail. So, yay to us. Um, anyway, Ron Olmstead, Derek James Harris, Wade Green. Yeah, no, we're not doing off this, your Rich. people. You guys named off stop. your people. I'm fucking doing it. Stop, stop copying, man. Marcos Get Diaz, you're going down. Oh, God. Okay. That was late. All right. Okay, well, we're very excited about our listener league. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be giving out a Fantasy Jocks big-ass championship belt to the winner of that league, um, which will probably be me. Um, if it's not me, it'll probably come out of my division. So we'll see. And for, not. for those uh, of you listening for the first time, we are doing a 48-team listener league uh, hosted on Fantrax, so thanks to Fantrax for that. Uh, we're 48 teams vying for top two teams in each 12-team division, moving on to a playoff to compete for that championship belt. Yep, no so, bye weeks. No bye weeks awarded. Uh, all eight teams will play beginning week 14, then square off week 15, then Super Bowl week 16. So we'll, we'll be talking about it. We're not going to take up too much time talking about it on air. Um, you know, we'll kind of update you guys and let you know what's going on. But um, for only 48 people out of our entire audience, it's kind of alienating a lot of people, so. So why do you keep talking spend, about it then? Because we want to spend 48 hours talking about it. Marathon. <laughs> so <laughs> I stole Dale's joke. <laughs> Sorry. I All right. Take, I had to take off my microphone. I didn't know if you guys were talking. <laughs> let's get let's get going. All right, man. Like I'm, I'm just hyped right now. I'm excited. Football finally feels like it's here. League's being announced. People about to get wrecked. Anyways, that's going to be on Fantrax. Like Dale said, if you want to join us for some of our mock drafts, head on over to EatSleepFantasy.com. Sign up for mock drafts right there, and we'll be doing those on Fantrax throughout the week. Um, Before we get into anything else, I'm Christian Brito. You can find me at CBritoFantasy. Dale DeMott is also with us. How you doing tonight, Dale? Man, I'm doing awesome. I'm pumped for this episode. And where can the listeners find you at, Dale? Uh, Just go to at EatSleepFF. Fuck you, Dale! You. All right, he doesn't care about his own personal Twitter. He just wants to plug the Eat Sleep FF. How noble! I'm so behind on followers now. Uh, I, I'm just I'm on Eat Sleep all the time. So just tweet at us, and you'll probably get me or Christian. All right, and also with us tonight is Intern Rich. What's up, Richard? Are you talking? Shut up, Richard. 
What's going on? We really need to do the intros a lot sooner because I completely forgot we hadn't even introduced ourselves. Either way, you can guys can follow me at Rich underscore Fantasy. Absolutely. So today, we've got a couple of interesting things. Later on the show, we've got Sigmund Bloom of thefootballguys.com. I'm sure you guys know of him, and we're very excited to have him on the show. Sigmund Bloom! All right, listen. All right, let's not do that voice for everything. (laughs) Fantasy Man, football. We need to have, like, the, the, the DJ horn there. <laughs> <laughs> For everything, uh, drops. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Waivers cleared. Oh yeah, free agent acquisition budget. <laughs> All right, I took it to All right. <laughs> All right. So today we're gonna be talking news. We're going to be talking, uh, you know, what's going on in the NFL and a little bit of preseason stuff. Uh, let's start it off with the preseason, Richard and Dale. Um, <clears throat> preseason week one, there's not an immense amount of stuff to take from it, but I do like to note players that look good, right? Because we don't get to see too much of players in the first week, but I like to note players that look good. I don't say preseason's totally mean meaningless. It, it has, uh, I'm just jumbling all over my words. Tell me what you took away from the preseason week one, Richard. Well, I do want to go ahead and give a shout-out to the Tennessee running game. They had 33 rushes for 288 yards and three touchdowns. Like you said, it is it is the first week of the preseason, so you know, take all of these stats with a grain of salt. DeMarco Murray had almost 100 yards. He had 93 yards and a touchdown. He had that 71-yard TD. And then Derrick Henry, he had 10 carries for 74 yards. So he had a lot more quality runs. DeMarco Murray just had the long one. Um, and then one more shout-out, too, on the other side of the football for the uh, Melvin Gordon. He finally got out of his touchdown drought, so he caught that 44-yard pass for a touchdown. Congratulations to him. All right, Dale, what about you? All right, well, I got kind of the opposite. I'm kind of doing a little bit of overreaction on some bad play. Um, okay. I was disappointed in Brock Osweiler. Uh, four or seven for only You had hopes for, for Brock only, Osweiler? Uh, <laughs> no, but I had hopes for the Texans' offense, and this is making me a little nervous. I mean, like I said, four for seven for 27 yards, and he only had less than four yards per attempt. I'm not talking about a quarter uh, running back. His, I'm talking about a quarter. What were his passing numbers? That was his rushing, right? It had to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 3.9 yards per attempt. That's passing. Alex Smith numbers right there. <laughs> um, but, you know, the problem is, you know, later down the road, I mean, again, we're just overreacting here, and this is not indicative of, obviously, you know, the entire regular season. But, you know, keep an eye on it all preseason. See how Brock Osweiler develops here. Um, this could eventually hurt guys like Lamar Miller, who we have so high. When you're, you know, when you're talking about wasting a top five pick on a running back like Lamar Miller, you got to think hard about this stuff. And, you know, with these dink and dunks um, that Osweiler could end up throwing a lot of, um, we really have to think about what Lamar's, uh, Lamar Miller's value is here. And uh, it could hurt. I mean, he, I don't think uh, Osweiler even threw a pass longer than 10 yards all game out of his seven, well, I guess not all game, but out of his seven throws. Um, all right. So Let's not overreact too much. Um, I don't think that offense is going to necessarily be predicated on the Brock Osweiler deep pass. Um, no, but the, but the deep passes and, you know, passes down the field are going to help Lamar Miller. Right. I'm focused on Mar- Lamar Miller, I guess, more than Brock Osweiler. Osweiler right now okay so let's see how that kind of shakes up throughout the rest of the preseason for me yeah. uh there's a couple of things we already discussed the impact that I think that Mark Sanchez might have on Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders 
in our last podcast. So that's the first one. I just want to I just want to quickly touch on. I think Mark Sanchez will be a competent quarterback in Denver this year, and I think he's going to be just fine for Demarius Thomas's numbers. And we saw that in the first quarter of the preseason game, first preseason game. But the guy I want to talk about is Ryan Matthews. He only had two carries, but he had 15 yards and a touchdown. Nice little five-yard touchdown run. Um, I just want to say that maybe he's probably being a little bit undervalued right now based on his potential in that offense so long as he can stay healthy. I think he's, he has a pretty nice upside uh, for, for running backs, and I think it's somebody that I might personally slide up maybe a, a spot or two if he continues to show me that he can do that. Um, we saw when he played that one full season, he was pretty great. Let's see if he can do that again. Yeah, you've got you've got him as number seventeen running back. Did you move him up recently? Um, I moved him up a few days ago, but that was prior to the preseason. Um, I am in a pretty good spot right now with Ryan Matthews. I don't know if I can put him up much higher, but I'm pretty confident right now. Even though I don't love the Eagles this year, I think he's going to be the one uh, fruitful player that comes from that offense. Yeah, it's interesting. You have Ryan Matthews ahead of Demarco Murray. Uh, and Thomas Rawls, both of which I have ahead of uh, Ryan Matthews. Um, Thomas Rawls is a guy that I've already said several times, though. If he's healthy, he's going to be in my top 15. I only have him there because I'm still concerned about that injury. But we'll get into that a little bit when we get to the news. News and notes. That doesn't have to be the drop for the news. It could be. But we actually are talking about news and notes, so that is fitting. Okay. News and notes. We'll start off in Raiders camp. Coach Jack Del Rio, uh, he did say on Monday that one of the Raiders' goals this uh, this season is to get Latavius Murray to finish with even more carries than he had last year. And last year he was the workhorse over there in Oakland. If they're able to go ahead and get him even more involved, he's just going to keep moving up on my ranks. What about you guys? Whoa, 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 whoa. More carries? More carries. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing, Relatarius Murray. I um, we saw two years ago him be a yard, high yards per carry guy on limited work. I don't know if more work for him is necessarily the best thing. I think if they use, if they run the ball more overall and maybe split a little bit of that work with DeAndre Washington, I think Latavius Murray can be very effective. I I wouldn't necessarily want him to have more carries because we saw him start to wear down. We saw him become a bit of an inefficient runner last year, and I don't I don't think that more carries is necessarily the answer. Uh, I mean, these coaches can't win. When we're talking about, you know, coaches, you know, saying, oh, you know, we're going to split carries or, you know, I, I want to save them, we, you know, bash them. And then when he says, oh, I want to give them more, we bash them. It's like they, they can't win. They can't. And this is obviously good for Murray. I mean, volume – Volume makes a big difference here when when we're ranking uh, running backs, and um, I don't care about as a fantasy player. I don't care about how Latavius Murray, you know, ends up next off season, how worn down and beat up he is. Uh, the more volume he gets, the more points he scores, the more touchdowns he has an opportunity to make. The better for all fantasy players involved. Yeah, okay. I agree. I mean, last year you mentioned that he wasn't really that efficient. He had 4.0 yards per carry, which you're right, it's not that efficient. He had 266 carries, which was about 16 and a half rushes per game. So you don't think it would be a good idea to bump him up to maybe 18, possibly 20 rushes plus any catches that he gets along the way? That's a lot of work. It I is. I think that's the yeah. reason that they brought in DeAndre Washington is to share some but of that he, work. 
if he can get 20 to 22 carries a game with this offensive line, he <laughs> that's great. He's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and then he's gonna get hurt. I mean, that's that's a lot of work, guys. It is. It is. But if he doesn't get hurt, then what? I mean, he's top. He's top 10 easy. If he if he gets 20 to 22 carries with that offensive line in that offense right now, uh, he moves in top 10, right? Uh, right now, yeah. I have yeah. Right now, myself, I have uh, Latavius Murray as the fifteenth running back. Um, if he does end up getting, you know, like you say, eighteen to twenty carries plus any catches along the way, I can see him finishing as a top twelve running back. I just want to yeah. give you the yards per carry for the last seven games for Latavius Murray. Um, they're they're not great. Four point oh, so that's fine. Two point two, two point seven, four point three. 1.7, 3.7, 4.2, 2.8. So you got one game in there over 4.2 yards per carry. <laughs> okay, so if so if he does more of that, he gets more yards, right? I'm just speaking to the point of his first half of the season, 4.0, 4.3, uh, 5.3. You got several, 5.7, 5.7, 5.6. That's the first half of the season. There's a noticeable decline in his yards per carry for the second half of the season. Um, right. And he was getting the ball just about as much. I mean, 22 carries, 20, 16, 11. Um, when he gets the ball a ton, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be very efficient with it. Right. Right. And, I mean, of course, we may we may be overreacting to the news. I mean, maybe he gets the same exact work as last year. But, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll take it with a grain of salt, and we'll see what actually develops from there. It's only week one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the preseason. Yeah, of the preseason, exactly. So over in Seahawks camp, Thomas Rawls is back in practice today. I mean, you mentioned yourself, if he's able to show that he's healthy, you might move him up. Uh, me, I'd love to see him play. Uh, the health is always a concern. So it's, it is good news, though, to see that he is back in practice. Hopefully he can stay there. Man, uh, <laughs> I watched a little bit of this Seahawks preseason game, and I got so excited because, you know, right off the bat, a couple passes is Doug Baldwin. And you got to drive, you know, you got a quick pass to Tyler Lockett for a first down. They're in the red zone, and then Russell Wilson makes a disgustingly bad pass uh, for an interception, and that's it. You don't see him again. You were so. watching the Super Bowl? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I think shaking off some rust there. I would love to be able to see Thomas Rawls in the preseason. I don't think we're going to, unfortunately. Um, I think it's yeah. definitely going to be one of those scenarios where we're kind of just playing it off of training, uh, off of camp, off of practice, and off of uh, off of reports. So yeah. I, I think he's going to be ready for the season. And at this point, if everything stays the same, I'm going to move him up a little bit because I think he has that much upside in that offense. All right, guys, listen here. There's four players that we pretty much all have consensus around the same area. I think one of the guys I'm going to mention here is going to get into the top ten by the end of the preseason. Latavius Murray... Carlos Hyde, C.J. Anderson, or Thomas Rawls? Which one is it? Mm, Carlos Hyde, Latavius Murray, Carlos Hyde, C.J. Anderson, Tom. In your in your in your top ten? Oh, in in running back consensus running back top ten. It's going to be Thomas Rawls. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, it's going to be Thomas Rawls if he's healthy and he shows that he's healthy. Could be Latavius Murray too. Biggest chance. Latavius Murray deserves to be right outside that top twelve. There's other guys that uh that have higher upside, I think. Um, I think Latavius Murray probably has one of the nicest floors built in as far as fantasy running backs. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those guys are so strong RB2s. Um, I'd be happy with any of them as my RB2. Um, but, yeah, I think I think one of them is going to sneak into an RB1 position by the time the regular season rolls around. If you had to – if you started your draft with two wide receivers at the start of your draft, let's assume it's a half-point PPR league, which one of those four guys would you most want to have as your running back two, as your running back one? I'm going Latavius. Latavius is safer. Um, I think Thomas Rawls can give you a higher ceiling, but Latavius is definitely safer in my opinion. Uh, but I, but yeah, if if you want to yeah. if you, go ahead go ahead yeah if you want high upside with a, with a boom, I think Rawls. I think you're right. Rawls is a guy, but I'm taking Murray. He's safer, I think. Yeah, for me, it's going to be in in this order. <laughs> This the order that of the list that it's in. It goes Latavius. <laughs> Damn it, I couldn't. I do wish it. you could have actually done it. <laughs> it goes Latavius Rawls. I can't do it, man. I can't. I just no. Right. It ple- well, not only can you not do it, but I we strongly suggest that you don't start <laughs> rapping uh, Eminem parody in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> All right, Mom Spaghetti, move on. You don't want him to write a diss track about Eastleigh Fantasy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's your order, though? <laughs> I'm calling you out, Eminem. Come on, come on the show. We're going to have a little battle. You know, first fantasy football and then rap. I'll win at least one of those. <laughs> well, what's your, what's your list, then? What's your order? It goes... <laughs> Damn it, I can't stop myself from starting the sentence with it goes. Latavius, Rawls, CJ, Hyde. Okay. Yeah, I got no problem mm-hmm. with that. I mean... Yeah, I couldn't argue. Yeah. And they're all so close for me. And it's all hinging on a couple small factors in the preseason. So I couldn't argue with that. Yeah. All right, moving on then away from Rawls. Uh, another quarter, another running back in the mix. Uh, Bill's running back, Carlos Williams, did pass his physical. And he did participate in Monday's practice. As oh, far my as- God. He looks so fat. And that's coming from me. Holy crap. <laughs> he looks yeah. like he had a maternity dress on. Hey, Rich. Rich, do your uh, Fat Albert impression. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I'm ready for that's this Bill's Williams football camp. Like when he walked into camp. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, as far as fantasy relevance go, he he wasn't Carlos Williams wasn't going to play in the first four games of the season anyway due to his suspension. But at least now he's going to start to get some work and, and get back into the flow of it. Uh, he definitely has some work. He needs to you know shed as much weight as he can if he hasn't already. Um, so, but it's going to be some time before we actually see him in the mix. He was on yeah. the Eddie yeah, Lacy I mean, offseason regimen, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, he, uh, we, we kind of talked about this in the, the division previews a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, Williams, he's a still a late guy. Uh, he's not worth even handcuffing LaShawn McCoy at this point. Get Gillis Lee if you absolutely need a LaShawn handcuff at the beginning of the season and just keep an eye on Williams. He's, uh-huh. I don't think he's worth, I don't think he's worth handcuffing LaShawn for. I kind of, um, I'm going to go the other way on, on that one. I think I would like Carlos Williams, but as nothing more than a handcuff, I think he's going to come back in after the first four weeks and be have a have a role in that offense. They don't want to give <laughs> they don't want to give the Sean McCoy that much work. He's gonna have a role once he comes back. Um, I think where he was earlier in the offseason was too high and right now where his value has depreciated because of the suspension, because of him being overweight, is where he should have been from the get go as LaShawn McCoy's handcuff and as a guy that will get a portion of the work. And I do like him there if I, because LaShawn McCoy is a guy that I'm getting in a lot of drafts. So 
I'll take Carlos Williams late in the draft. I just can't wait until a couple years from now when Carlos Williams is actually moving away from you know the Bills or moving away from a backup role to possibly being a starter on another team. Then we can get excited all over again about him. But as long as he's you know fat and a backup, he's he's not going to hold that much value. I, I wouldn't be shocked if this was if this was Lashawn McCoy's last great year, and um, and that's it, and it became someone else's team next year. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, then it can then it, then it'll be, you know, Carlos Williams and Mike Gillisley doing a running back by committee if Lashawn McCoy is no longer in the mix, or Jonathan Williams. Yeah. I, th- I think it will be the Williams and Williams show next year. All right, perhaps. Well, yeah, we'll see. All right, well, the 49ers offense, they did praise Chip Kelly style, uh, you know, his faster pace tempo. They're calling it fun. They're saying that, you know, the higher pace, it's, I guess it's just more enjoyable. Um, you I'm know, sorry. You said Chip Kelly style, and I and I pictured Chip Kelly coming in, you know, strutting some new fashion. <laughs> Chip Kelly style. That's his line of clothing. <laughs> uh, well, if the first preseason game is any indication of how quick the tempo is there, then they're going to be running a lot of plays. In the first half, the 49ers had uh, 50 offensive plays compared to the Texans only having 25 offensive plays. Um, and then just like Dale said, you know, the, the higher the volume, the more work your your players are going to get, that's always good news. Yeah, would they, they call it fun when they lost and still had twice as many offensive plays as the Texans? Yeah, they must have they, they must have called the they must have they must have done that the little bit in the locker room during halftime uh, because yeah yeah like hey guys this is fun <laughs> this is fun yeah we play we play fantasy football okay get over it they're gonna lose a lot of games. <laughs> I mean, this isn't this isn't really news, is it's, it? I mean, I mean it's, it's yeah, it, it's yeah, interesting. It should be more fun it's because no, it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I I really want to bring that segment back, regardless of what people think about it. <laughs> we should have done that segment here for these. All right. No, people hated it. Yeah, people hated that segment, Richard. Just leave it alone. All right. Well, moving on then. Detroit Lions signed tight end Andrew Corliss. Relevant or non-relevant? That that did that's. I'm sorry, we're going to play the drop. It doesn't matter! It doesn't matter! It doesn't matter! <laughs> uh, I'm sure Dale doesn't have anything to add about Andrew Corliss anyway. Um, Eagles Nothing Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz <laughs> suffered a hairline rib fracture. Uh, he was an ultra long shot to get any time in the season anyway. They were going to redshirt him for the first year. But this just further solidifies it. I mean, you're not going to draft him. Moving on. Yeah, do you think he comes in at any point this season? I still see it's, a scenario where he comes in towards the end of the season and Sam Bradford loses his job, and it becomes kind of a mess for those players in Philadelphia. I'm telling you, yeah, give Sam Bradford a really bad four-game stretch, and uh, I would not be surprised to start seeing you know Wentz come out. Why not start giving him a shot you know, mid-season, mid-to-late season, um, and, and give him a shot to start getting ready for next year? Why not? It's possible. I mean... The Eagles are going to have to be in a really bad position for that to happen. But, I mean, it's possible. We'll, we'll see what happens there. For now, he's not going to be playing. Um, you know, as far as the – moving on, then. Uh, Larry Donnell, he was carted off of practice during Monday's practice. Uh, the extent of his injury is still unknown, but he was noticeably limping. He needed to get some help to actually get onto the card as well. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, Donnell was listed as tight end one on the debt chart ahead of Will Ty. Um, so this injury – does yeah. you know is significant if it becomes an instant boost for you know Ty to so be slated to start. Yeah, I mean you said he was ahead of he was ahead of uh, Will Ty on the depth chart. 
Um, Will Ty is a sneaky pick for tight end now. If if Donnell does miss, you know, significant amount of time, and Will Ty is the pretty much the, the lone tight end there, then yeah, he, he could be a sneaky a sneaky sleeper there to to finish top twelve for tight end. Um, well, we'll see how that develops as well. Any thoughts on that, Brito? Uh, for me, if if Ty if it came out, some, uh, you know, some point this week, Larry Donnell is going to be out for the season, something like that. Um, Ty for me would be a viable late round tight end that you could draft in that position because I think the tight end in that offense has some sort of a defined role. It probably won't be ever have the upside of being a top five tight end, but it'd be a, a guy that you can plug and play throughout your season depending on matchups, or you can just you know get your little five, six, seven points from a tight end if you're if you're happy to do that because you drafted your tight end with your last pick. All right, so Brito then. Referring to Will Ty, let's do a little bit of this or that. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can get with that. So would you rather take, assuming that Larry Donnell is out and Will Ty is the man. Again, guys, for all, for all of you guys listening, nothing is confirmed yet. We're just going off of pure speculation, speculation here. But let's say that Will Ty is the guy. Would you rather take Will Ty or Julius Thomas? Uh, I still rather have Julius Thomas. Julius Thomas. Me too. Okay. Yep. Would you yep. rather take Will Ty or Jimmy Graham if you're taking Jimmy Graham? Um, I think I'd rather have the potential upside of Jimmy Graham. All right. Uh, I take Will Ty. Okay. Will Ty. And that's o- why I win fantasy leagues. <laughs> Will Ty or <laughs> Zach Miller? I'm still going with Zach Miller there. I'm going Zach Miller. All right. Well. Um, you started too high. Give us one more. Well, I mean, we're going we're going a little deep into the tight end list here. Will Ty or Martellus Bennett? That's the point where I'm taking Ty instead. So it's right after Dwayne Allen, Jimmy Graham, Zach Miller. The next guy for me would be Will Ty. He would shift up into like my 15th, 16th tight end. Still a guy that I think is viable, um, but not somebody that's going to, you know, blow your you know <laughs> blow away the league with his tight end points but a guy that you could start whereas right now I, I don't necessarily think he's gonna have much of any production if he's splitting time with Larry Donnell we're spending a lot of time on Will Ty the science guy yeah <laughs> all right well moving on then Jeff I don't Jets. know where I heard that but I freaking love that that team name it's amazing yeah, yeah. not bad I'll pass all right, Jeff Janis suffered a broken hand during uh, practice last week. There's currently no timetable. Well, when I wrote the outline, there was no timetable. I believe now it's a four to six week timeline. Really, for fantasy so football, he nothing about nothing about players that matter. We're just going to keep yeah. hitting the it doesn't matter drop. Apparently, yeah, pretty much. Uh, he was only mildly relevant just because he's Aaron Rodgers' third wide receiver target. Um, but really, that's nope. it. Uh, Demarius Thomas says that he expects similar numbers in 2016 as far as targets go, even though he doesn't have any league QB throwing to him. So he had 177 targets last year. You think that's going to be sustainable this year? Wait, hold on. Of course Demarius Thomas is going to say that he expects similar targets. He's not going to go into the season saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to catch less. I'm getting paid <laughs> a shitload of money, but I'm going to come into the season, and I think I'm going to catch less than I did last year. Yeah, I guess you're right, Dale. This is a this is an example of player speak. We hear coach speak all the time. This is player speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is this is stupid. <laughs> all right, 
You don't yeah. you don't have to do that, Dale. That's that's just cruel. Yeah, that's you cool. know what? Next well, time no, you I mean... fucking pick the damn news that we talk about. <laughs> Dale was just Dale was a total asshole about it. You no, know, Richard, fuck your news. This is this is stupid, computer. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> Call me when you want to be professional about the news. Drop set set. <laughs> All right, we got we got two more pieces of news here to touch on. Josh Gordon finally returned important. to practice on yes. Sunday. So as far as fantasy relevance go, we've we've seen that RG three has shown the ability to hone in on his favorite receiver. If that ends up being Josh Gordon, he could be relevant, but he still has a long way to go as far as reaching his physical level he did in 2013. So those are my thoughts. What do you guys think about this? I think I might be rising a little bit on Josh Gordon. I think the upside is there for a late wide receiver. Um, I might for Josh Gordon. Might be the, uh, yeah. If he, I mean, if he gets into the right conditioning, we've seen him be able to do it before. Um, let's see how the season pans out. But I think he's starting to become a guy that I might take um, if I've already have a solid wide receiver core. If he's my fourth receiver, I like that actually. Yeah, yeah. I can't do. I can't do wide receiver number four on my, any of my teams. Um, I'm waiting. I, I'm open to uh, you know, drafting him, but um, he is being taken way too early for me in every single draft and mock I do. So um, I'm gonna firmly stand and say I'm not. I'm not gonna probably have him on any of my teams. All right. And finishing off then the news and notes segment, we have uh, Matt Forte. He did resume positional drills in camp for the first time since uh, he did injure his hamstring so a couple weeks ago, back on August second. Uh, what do you guys think of this? I think Blah Powell continue to breathe down Forte's neck. Um, it's weird. It's like he's he's uh, he's making it real weird in camp. I don't know why he keeps doing that. Yeah, that definitely definitely deserves. Yeah, that. we 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 talked plenty about Paul Power yesterday. We do see the 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 potential there for him if Matt Forte goes down. But as long as Forte is healthy, it's going to be more more touches for Forte than for Powell, obviously. Um, all right, one more quick news piece, uh, Richard. I know we don't have the full story yet, but Gronk did leave practice uh, seven-on-seven drill early. Uh, we don't know if there's any sort of undisclosed injury there, but we will keep you updated. Um, you know, we probably the best way to stay up in up to date with that type of news is to just follow us on Twitter, and we get yeah get you that news as soon as we have it, which is uh, pretty damn early. But um, you know, the good we'll news keep you updated is on the next pod. Yeah, the good news is is that he wasn't carted off the field. He was walking by his own ability. Um, so, at least that's that's a little bit little bit of, of good yeah. news there. I mean, we don't need to sit here and talk about for five minutes how important Gronk is, right? Right. Can we talk about, like, him doing shots or <laughs> Matt, him the being Gronk on the cruise. Madden cover? <laughs> Have you guys seen the little Dicky video with him and uh, little Dicky? No. Uh, okay. All right. It's pretty funny. All right, you guys should go watch that. Lil Dicky and Gronk. And Antonio Brown's in that video, too. Von Miller, too. It's pretty funny. All right. We should get Lil Dicky on the show. <clears throat> All right, I'll, I'll give him a call after the yeah. show. Hit him I, up. That's your cousin. I can, I, I can get him on the show. Let's move on. I mean, if we can get Sigmund Bloom, we can get Lil Sigmund D- Bloom! Sigmund Bloom! Wah, wah, wah. All right, let's go ahead and talk to Sigmund Bloom. Joining us now, we have one of the true fantasy greats, one of the originals when it comes to fantasy football advice online, and that's Sigmund Bloom of FootballGuys.com. How you doing tonight, Sigmund? 
Yeah, I'm great. Um, as I like to say, we're drinking from the fire hose right now. You know, the preseason, the 32 teams' practices are winding up, but it's the information overload that we like. We have our stances. We know what we think, but we also want to be open to new information or things that have come out of nowhere. Uh, and it tests our ability to stay flexible, but also stick to our guns. It's the, the Zen koan that is fantasy football. And we're all together again. We're all experiencing yeah. life together again because this football season is a way of experiencing time passing that is really special, and uh, it's the shared experience. So I love it. I love all the podcasts firing up again. I love the cross-pollination and just the enthusiasm because yeah. we're, all, we're all excited. It's an exciting time. It is. It is. You know, I, I just mentioned a second ago, you know, you're one of the originals when it comes to online fantasy um, analysis. Uh, analysis. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did this start out for you? When yeah. Did you- when did you get into it and how did, how did this become your career? Yeah, I started out really was because I had an office job and it was a way for me and my people in my office at University of Texas at Austin. Uh, we were systems analysts and you know we would stay after work and do our drafts and right. trash talk each other and things like that. And then uh, I started finding other leagues, like really deep leagues. There was one league called the Mano Mano Leagues. It was running Google groups on text documents and it was a 20-team league in all four sports, like a 40-man roster, you signed people to contracts, and you just kept this all by hand. And it was you made it your business to know everything about everybody in every sport. And I loved that. I actually originally wanted to be the play-by-play announcer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> I went to Syracuse, the Newhouse School. Like You can't swing a dead cat in the media without hitting somebody that went to Syracuse. Uh, but I, but I, when I was there, when I got a good look at broadcast journalism, the business up close, it, it wasn't for me. So... Um, I started writing stuff on the Football Guys message board, which before there was Twitter, the Football Guys message board was the best place to hang out and talk to people who parsed the words of beat writers, you know, or someone that would go to training camp and give you play-by-play of training camp. Now we can watch this on Twitter from any number of beat writers, but back then it was gold. I went to a training camp practice in Latrobe, and this is what I saw. Uh, And it was the hardcore, the true hardcore were there. And I remember um, wanting to just prove myself in that proving ground and um football guys hires most of their staff from within their community within their subscribers within the message boards and i was able to get a chance to do some writing uh news wire writing and then um i got hired on the staff and cecil lammy said cecil and i cecil called me up he said he was a fan of my work we talked for about three hours about the draft and he said hey why don't why don't we do this but record it this was before there was even such a word as podcast i think and uh, Cecil and his can-do attitude really, I mean, I just showed up and talked just like I'm doing right now. And uh, that, you know, that, was, that was when podcasting was really new, and we were very lucky. I think that there's a lot of people doing incredible jobs now, and we were just lucky to start when we did. And then um, actually, I, mean, I can't tell a story without telling like, all kinds of other stories within the story. Now go for it. <laughs> but, but, you know, since, since you know, I, was, um, I was kind of getting bored languishing at my job, and that's where all the time to study fantasy football came from anyway uh, i i wanted to pursue this again because the internet was democratic media that you could just put your stuff out there and if you were if you were good or you found an audience it could subsist you could subsist on it in a way that you know when i was in syracuse in the early 90s like that was the old business where you had to go through the little silos and it had changed so i was interested in trying it and i, I didn't quite have the courage to jump out of the airplane and quit my job um, and after Black Crow's concert, we were waiting across the street, and I was um, hit by a car. A car plowed into the crowd of us. My best friend died, yeah. and I woke up in the hospital. 
And really and truly, they'll say, like, you know, you could be standing on the side of the road and get hit by a bus, but I'm here to tell you it happens. Now, I was lucky enough to survive, but that really gave me the impetus to say, well, why am I waiting for a red carpet to be rolled out for me to pursue the life that I want? I want to try and see if I can make it. And, you know, some different things happened with internet video was a fledgling thing. I was doing work with football guys. You just gathered things and start to cobble together a living out of it. And you know, uh, I also had a son in there, and I was a stay-at-home dad because the lifestyle worked well with the kind of work that we did working from home. And slowly but surely, I built it up to the point where I was able to to make a living. I'm very lucky. And the only reason I'm able to do it is because of, you know, you all said your listeners, all the audience out there, um, the people that love football and football itself. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm like just a barnacle hanging on and, and feel very lucky to get this opportunity because there's so many talented people, so many great people, passionate people in our fantasy football world. And it's a, a beautiful thing to be part of this community. And it's, it's a beautiful thing for us to share that excitement. You know, at this moment right now, there's more of the football season left than there's going to be at any point after the season starts. And we can feel it coming. It's a beautiful feeling. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Oh, it's a great feeling. It's just like there's, there's two things that give me this kind of feeling. It's one is Christmas and the other one is the start of the football season. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. for, it, I just get that same feeling when it comes time for football. I just can't wait. I'm so excited. Counting down the days. Um, so, it's, <clears throat> I, I do are, want are, are you going to uh, quit your job first, Christian, and then uh, I'll see how it ha. goes? And... Yeah, that's – I mean – <laughs> Sigmund, it, it it took it took getting you know literally hit by a bus. Um, yeah. What what um what do you think? Is there any time after that where you had doubts where you, whether or not you could do this as yeah. a career? What, what was the thought process sure. after that? Once you left, once you decided to dive in, right? Well, it's it's, it's so one of the things I will say too uh, is that I was very lucky because I decided to do it before. I mean, there were. Joe and David and Bob Harris and Greg Kellogg and all the Hall of Famers, you know, all the people who started this when it was still dot matrix printers in the 90s and things like that. Um, but but the idea of a fantasy analyst as an occupation was still outlandish. Um, but I decided to try because it was what I thought if I could do whatever. Basically, I wanted to do something for work that didn't feel like work. Right. And I was lucky. And I think there, if there's a lesson in here, not just about fantasy it's that you have to decide to do something before it's obvious that it's safe, before it's obvious that it's going to happen. If you can do that, then you really get the drop on people. And it, it, the risk-taking is really a big part of how you can get from here to there. But to answer your question, yes. So um, Cecil and my good friend Mark Valetti and I were making short-form internet video. The first internet video, Gold Rush, was 2007. But it was before broadband the iPhone had just been introduced. So people weren't consuming internet video the way they are now. And I still think they've had trouble monetizing internet video. But we had a chance to do two seasons of a show called The Five Minute Drill, a punchy fantasy talking heads show. Um, We did one season of a show called Draft Guys TV where we went to the All-Star Games, filmed the practices, and broke down the players for the draft. And then the economy collapsed in 2008. And um, at that point, it really felt like, like everything receded. Everything dried up. Right. And uh, you know the company on, um, on networks folded, and that was the that was the extra income that supplemented football guys that allowed me to be able to do this all year. And I thought, well, that's you know it th- was a good run. Um, and I have a I have a law degree and a bar card, <laughs> so I thought 
I was tricking myself, elaborately tricking myself into being an attorney. Um, but then um, when my son came along, it just made sense for me to stay at home with him and be able – and then I could, could not have to make quite as much money. And that got me through a couple of years when you know, and also the, there was a the lockout year. That's another moment I think that made everybody have some pause because there was a moment in, when it really seemed like there might not be football this year, and we have businesses that depend on football. And I mean, poor us fantasy football, but there's also like people that work at the stadiums, the, the restaurants and bars around this. You know, you could just imagine like the ripple effect. Um, and with that, thankfully, you know, crisis averted there. May it happen again in, in 2021 when the new CBA is up. Um, and, then, and then I was able to, to get on full-time at Football Guys uh, as a part owner when fantasy football was really becoming what we know it as now, like an industry. So I guess there's another thing in there. of You, you definitely have to make it through some times when you're not sure what's going to happen next. Um, and I think that another thing I'll add to all this <clears throat> is if you're doing work, that you just enjoy doing, then it's its own reward. So you don't sweat that stuff as much. You don't get shaken by that. You just think, hey, I, that I got to do this at all and get paid for it was uh, a gift. And I'm not going to be sad if it goes away. I'm going to be happy that it ever happened at all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. Um, that segment, uh, Life Lessons from Sigmund Bloom. <laughs> that's right. That's my next podcast, actually. It's coming soon, in the end of the football season. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'll subscribe to that. <laughs> yeah, I can give, I can give, uh, so I can give, I can do a parenting podcast. I can do marital <laughs> advice because I know what doesn't work. So that's what's going to be. I'd like right. the don't. I'll yeah, do you like, the, the don't. Like, exactly. It's very valuable <laughs> stuff. Awesome. Hey, I have a question for you because uh, there's a couple guys around here that are a little bit too much, I think, on their own jocks. Do you ever listen to your own podcast? <laughs> so I really try not to. Because, I mean, I know that if I listened to myself, I could probably improve. There are things, I remember I stuttered a lot more, I think, uh, on networks asked, actually asked Mark, like, does he have a speech impediment? Because sometimes, <laughs> I, sometimes I think when I'm trying to, I, I just talk stream of consciousness. I, I, don't, right. I don't prepare my remarks. I don't ever usually go on a show and even ask people what they're going to ask me. Uh, I think that gives me the best delivery, but also my, my brain gets caught on a thought. I'll stutter or something. There are probably things, my volume, maybe I move away from the microphone like this or something like that. There are All things right. I could catch myself doing, but I feel like when I'm, when I'm on a show, I forget myself and I'm just in the, in the conversation in the moment because when I was on camera... Uh, doing five minute drill, doing draft guy TV. If you can find the clips out there, I'm kind of wooden because I was thinking about all the things I'm not supposed to do. I'm not supposed to do something weird with my shoulders or my hands or my face, or I have to make sure I'm looking at the camera and I have to make sure there's a pause before the end of the take, the beginning of the take. And all I'm thinking about is don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I'm myself is not coming out. And I feel like if I start to listen to uh, myself on the sh on our show then I'll become self-conscious about what I'm saying and what I'm doing and wondering how it sounds. So I don't. I don't. And I think it's probably, I mean, I could improve if I did, but I just feel like it's one of those things where it's almost like an out-of-body experience, and I kind of want to keep it that way. Yeah, we're we're still the new guys, so we're still trying to constantly improve. I I have this problem where I either get very close to the mic or right. way too far away, yeah. and I I have no in between. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mumble all the time. And, yeah, 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 yeah. We think of that as like the, some of the charm of our show, you know. 
It's like it's, you can tell that it's just a couple of people making it at home. It's not professional. We're not in a studio. So, I, I mean, and I do think that with podcasting, like connecting with your audience is so much more important than slick production values. I suppose if you want to use it to like get sponsors and sell stuff, like slick production values are important. But as far as creating something lasting, I think that uh, connections with people are important. So that's where, you know, the rough around the edges stuff can, we're, we're human just like you. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so if you already heard my dog barking in the background, that's sure. just... <laughs> my son, whenever I was home with him, used to interrupt my radio spots. Like, I'd be feeding him while I was on the radio spot, and then he would start crying or something. Awesome. And they'd, Feed your kid! Um, yeah, I, he has a recurring segment on our show. So <laughs> um, let, let's actually get into some fantasy football questions, because yes, we've got some... I I have some interesting thoughts when it comes to some rankings that you have going on and something that you've been talking about back and forth. And I'm kind of, I think on the same page with you here is the New York jets backfield situation um, with Matt Forte and Bilal Powell. How do you, how do you see that situation shaking out? Well, I would have said if it was a month ago, I'd say they're roughly the same player. Um, And again, I'll bring up that Bilal Powell was excellent from week 11 on last year. He was out. Go back and watch him. He was outstanding. I would say he played better in that stretch than Matt Forte played at any point last year. Forte wasn't terrible last year, but remember, the Bears and Jeremy Lankford, no disrespect to him, is not a world beater. And the Bears looked at Forte and looked at Lankford and said, we should split it down the middle with these guys. And that's what the Jets are going to do. And you can look at the contracts. $8 million guaranteed to Forte, $6 million guaranteed to Powell. They kept Powell in the organization. It's going to be roughly, and you know, they'll sprinkle in some Kyrie Robinson. They're going to have roughly the same role. They're both good pass catchers. They're both pretty big, rugged backs. So the fact that Forte's going in the fourth or fifth round and Powell's going in the twelfth or thirteenth round, it just doesn't make any sense. Now you have Forte, who hasn't even practiced yet because of a hamstring, and they're asking Todd Bowles, and he's saying day to day, week to week. Guys, we're like two, three weeks into training camp, and if his schedule, his return to play schedule, is still that uncertain. That doesn't sound good. And we can see year after year when we do fantasy that for the most part, you don't want to draft guys that were hurt in the preseason. I mean hurt, like Ezekiel Elliott missing a week with a hamstring. Like, okay, I'm talking about somebody with a multi-week injury. I'm concerned about Jordy Nelson. It, it does not bode well. There are cases you can point to where it was just a hiccup. But when you're Matt Forte, who is now past that magical age of 30 for running backs, his team that he was a cornerstone of, the Bears, moved on from him. You have that possibility that he's going to really hit that cliff and drop off and doesn't a hamstring before training camp even started that's going to keep him out for at least a month, it looks like. Doesn't that look like a, a warning sign? So now you look at Bilal Powell, somebody who could get more than half. Uh, now, Paul Powell's had his own problem with injuries. So then I'm going to mention the name Kyrie Robinson again. And Kyrie Robinson showed he's not a bad pass catcher before he went down with the Saints last year. He's mm-hmm. just like Mark Ingram. You know, he's a, he's a functional pass catcher. So now you look at Kyrie Robinson. Uh, and we know that Chan Gailey is going to make this offense productive. And we know there's going to be a lot of receptions out of the backfield. So I, I think that Powell's the answer right now. And we should keep Kyrie Robinson on our waiver wire speed dial. I think I'm with you on a lot of those same opinions there. On our personal pod, I think I'm, I'm the one that's the lowest on Matt Forte. Uh, I don't like a guy over 30 changing teams. Very similar contract, like you mentioned, to Bilal Powell. I just think they're just going to share a lot of that work. And they're just basically going to 
you know, you take a series, you take a series, or maybe they're both on the field because we've seen Forte be able to split out as a receiver for certain roles. But if he's already hurt, I, I, I really am trying to avoid him as much as possible. Everybody has a certain point that I'm willing to draft them, but I haven't seen that point yet with when it comes to Forte. No, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, there's no way. I would say I have Matt Forte's value roughly around like the seventh round right now, and there's there's not a draft that he falls that far. Um, and I actually just moved him behind Bilal Powell, like just this week. In, I mean, just today in my rankings updates, because I'm going to take if I think they're roughly the same, I'm going to take the guy who's not hurt. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty bold right there. But yeah. um, um, I I can see that happening so long as you know Forte is not healthy. We'll see how that kind of plays out during the preseason. Um, I think he'll probably make it back healthy by the start of the season, but I still don't think he's going to be giving you anywhere near you know his the value any value at all where he's being drafted. You're basically you're drafting him at his upside, which for me it's, there's no point in doing. Um, I guess the next guy I kind of want to talk about, and I've been I've been dying to ask pretty much everybody I know this question because Christian and I have been debating this for about <laughs> a week now. Yeah, I know um, where you're going. Uh, the Ravens wide receivers here. Who do you see coming out of the season as the number one wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens? Well, Kamar Aiken, if you're going to draft a Ravens wide receiver, I think it's Kamar Aiken. And in our leagues, in leagues with a lot of fantasy analysts, right. Kamar Aiken's going in the 6th, 7th, 8th round. Because he had, you look at his numbers last year, and with Steve Smith, shredded chicken Achilles, <laughs> brought Brashad Perryman, a partial Achilles tear. Tell me. Who was the last player with a partial Achilles, not Achilles, ACL? Yeah, who was the last player with a partial ACL that did anything in that season? Is there yeah. anybody? Is there even anybody on that list? Mike Wallace, need I say more? Right. It, Kamar Aiken, by default, is going to probably do what he did last year. He's a very solid player. And, and you know, he had, like, I think, like 77 catches. And, um, he was, and, and that was with a first half of the season where he wasn't really very involved in the offense. So right. had, I'm sorry, 75 catches for 944 and five touchdowns last year. But if you look at his splits mm. in the second half of the year, like after Steve Smith goes down and so on, he was 50 for 6, 11, and three touchdowns. So you have, I mean, 100 catches might be a little outlandish, but more than 75 is possible. 1,200 yards may be outlandish, but 1,000 yards... So I think it is Aiken, and he's the no-brainer, the layup. And if you're in a more casual league where he's still falling to the 12th, 13th, 14th round, he's a layup. Um, I'm interested in Brashad Perryman and Mike Wallace because Joe Flacco can throw the ball a country mile and they can run under it. And Joe Flacco is going to throw the ball a ton. But, I mean, I just don't buy it. I think you're going to see maybe Ben Watson also catch. I think 65, 70, 70. See, he agrees with Ben Watson. So we had so, so, Matt, so, so my esteemed colleague Matt Waldman had a cat. Uh, Zook that would always show up when we were talking about quarterbacks, and he, he would say that it's like fresh fish, you know, like he could smell the fish, and this is a sign that this is a quarterback that's going to get sacked a lot that week or something like that. So can, it's because I hate Ben Watson. That's the thing. Right. I, since right. our very first episode, I, I've hated Ben Watson. Well, I just wanted. To. <laughs> right, my my whole uh, hang up with Aiken is yeah, he did great the last half of the season, but he did it without Joe Flacco. So I'm really curious how it's going to happen, you know, how it's going to go down with Flacco as his full-time quarterback coming in. 
Um, I guess if you had to pick one, I guess Kamar Aiken is probably the safest possibility. Um, right. So if you if you haven't guessed, I'm a, I'm uh, against Aiken and Christian yeah. pro Aiken. So. I'm I'm on the Aiken side. I mean, nine straight games of at least five catches, fifty yards yeah. to end the season. That's pretty they, damn good production. Once they're gonna throw Smith a ton. Up. It's a Mark yeah. Trustman offense. They're gonna right. throw a ton in that <laughs> offense. So you know the receivers, are, you know, uh, the running backs out of the backfield. Watson, Max Williams, if he's healthy, or Crockett Gilmore, if he can ever get healthy. There's going to be a lot to go around for this team. Right, right. All right, I got, I got a question for you, and it's probably the most common question going around at this time of year. What are you doing with Josh Gordon this year in the draft? I'm probably not going to end up with him just because of my rankings. I actually have him in the latest rankings I put out, um, 61st overall in the in, in my top 200 in PPR. So if he's there in, say, the eighth round, I may end up with him. But ahead of him, I have players that I'm much more likely to take uh, that are players around the same part of the draft, like Michael Crabtree, Frank Gore, um, Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Jackson, you know, these are the players. And I may eventually end up moving Michael Thomas. I'm in love with Michael Thomas. I may end up moving him up. Uh, so I think that there are players that are commonly there in the seventh, eighth round that I'm going to take ahead of Josh Gordon. But I'm not going to talk anybody out of taking Josh Gordon because it's a bet on pure talent. And I know that when we saw him in 2014, he wasn't the same talent. And he may not get back to that level this year, but he also has the kind of talent that he may. He may just step on the field, and there you go. Plus, he, you know, with uh, Robert Griffin III reunited, and it feels so good. You know, this is something where there might be some chemistry there. There might be some telepathy from them playing. And we just know J- Gordon with Brian freaking Hoyer took over fantasy leagues. So I, right. I'll never blame someone. It's the seventh or eighth round. What do you pass? I mean, you're not passing on essential players there. Now, that being said, I want to take this moment out to say, Draft Terrell Pryor. Draft him in the last round of your draft. See what happens because he's 6'4", 230. He can run 4'4". He's got ball skills. He's elevated his game during this training camp. He's basically Corey Coleman, the rookie's there, but he's got a hamstring right now. It's going to be Coleman and Pryor likely to open the season. And Pryor could easily come out, and we see this much like Josh Gordon, that if you have certain tools, you're 6'4", 230, and you can run, and then when the ball's in the air, you know what to do. You know how to play it in the air. That's going to make... Uh, a defensive back soil his underwear. What do you do? Like when you're trying to just run with Terrell Pryor and you know he's got like uh, five, four or five inches on you, longer arms, better leaping ability, how do you, how do you defend that? And then on Robert Griffin, the third side, how, why wouldn't you just give him chances to make plays? So I think Terrell Pryor's the guy that it sounds like a joke, like, haha, Terrell Pryor is going to make it as a receiver, but he has the same physical profile as number one fantasy receivers. You know, he has the, the Josh Gordon, I mean, the, yeah, Josh Gordon and, and uh, Julio Jones and AJ Green. He has that physical profile, and he's only 27 years old. He's, he's not over the hill in any way. And there's advantages to having played quarterback for you to understand the wide receiver position, too. We just haven't had a quarterback convert to wide receiver that's 6'4", 230, that runs a 4'4". Right. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. And remember that also that they go out and they play Philadelphia in week one. So I'm often looking at the schedule when I'm taking my last few picks because I just want somebody that I think I'm going to have a, a good idea after that first game. And uh, I think with Philadelphia and the transition on defense and Cleveland schedule, Baltimore, Miami, that what do they have at corner? Now I guess when he plays Washington and Josh Gordon in Week Four, and then Gordon comes back in Week Five, and you know all bets are off at that point. 
But also by that point, Josh Gordon, I mean, uh, Troll Pryor might be such a playmaker that they can't take him off the field. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and people, I'm sorry, I backed away from the mic because I do that. Um, <laughs> people don't realize RG3 is a one target, one, one wide receiver kind of guy. Back um, with part, Pierre Garçon a few years back actually led the league in targets that one year because it was R- RG3 does one thing. He has one read and then he runs and that's, right. that's, that's his two things. I mean, he has one guy he's going to target. If he's not open, he's going to run or he's going to look to dump it off somewhere else. Um, that's pretty much what he does. And whoever's going to emerge as the number one in that team, uh, I know it's people don't love to draft Cleveland Browns, but whoever will be the one, whether it's prior or when Gordon comes back, probably might have some pretty good value. Um, that's why I kind of like Gordon. I just feel like I can't get him any of my drafts because there's always that one guy that's willing to reach for him a little bit sooner sure. than I'm willing to take him. Yeah, yeah, probably had him in 2013. And just to go back to Pryor for one second, not Pryor per se, but the idea of Pryor is a pick. In your late draft, you want to be taking players with what I would call an early reveal. Uh, in those first couple of, like you said, hey, Griffin might lock on to Pryor. Who knows? But if he doesn't, or Pryor just looks like he's not actually ready to play full-time wide receiver, then beautiful, because then you have a, a spot open for the week two waiver wire run or week three waiver wire run, which often is when leagues are won or lost. So taking players that you aren't going to have to sit on and taking Josh Gordon, on the other hand, will lock up a spot for four games. So that's why I say someone like Carlos Williams, who I think can still help you win leagues this year, is difficult to take because you're tying up that spot for four weeks when maybe the league winner, that player, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think. My brain is like lock, locking up on me right now when I think of like the, the player uh, that in week two or week three, um, Justin Forsett last year. Yeah, Justin Forsett, um, or two years ago, Justin Forsett was somebody that whenever people were spending fifty, sixty, seventy percent of their waiver wire bucks, other fantasy analysts were making fun of them, saying, "Come on, Justin Forsett's not going to do that." Justin Forsett won leagues for people. So I like Pryor because you see what he does the first week. If he hits, awesome. If he doesn't, awesome. Because then you can have a chance at the next Justin Forsett. Yeah, yeah. we, we see that happen a lot um, year after year, especially among the running back positions. Um, you know, Some guy is always going to hit along the waiver wire or late in drafts every year. Um, that's why there's so many proponents of you know, zero RB and all that. But uh, that's, that's a discussion for another day. Um, I, I know Dale had a couple of quick yeah. questions before we wrap up here. Yeah, I mean, we could talk to you for the rest of the night. Oh, but. yeah, let's do that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be two maybe quick hitter questions. Uh, you, could, you can dictate how, how much you want to answer this. Sure. But I don't think that I'm – you're only out of uh, 57,000 followers you have on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom, by the way. I don't think I'm the only person that has no clue what your profile picture is. Can you explain? Yeah, this is great. <laughs> and, and it's funny because people are like, aren't you going to change it? And like, no way I'm going to change it. Cause, <laughs> and I really stumbled into this with Twitter because little did I know that I, I mean, I picked this. You'll, you'll understand why I picked it after I tell you, but I, I picked it for my own reasons. But actually, one of the best things about it is it's memorable. Oh, it's, yeah. And it stands out on your timeline. Uh, and I did not pick it for those reasons, but it's it will always remain that. It, that is a character named Sigmund the Sea Monster. Ah. <laughs> and and Sigmund the Sea Monster is a character that, at least until this year, um, you would be dating yourself if you knew who Sigmund the Sea Monster was. It was an early 70s kid show, Sid and Marty Croft. Sid and Marty Croft made the most far-out kid shows, HR Puffin stuff. Um, Land of the Lost was a later uh, Sid and Marty Croft show. Um, They're really psychedelic kid shows. And Sigmund the Sea Monster was a sea monster who got kicked out of the sea monster cave 
for not <laughs> scaring people. He did like like your job as a sea monster was to scare people, right. and he would he would not do it. So he got kicked. <laughs> he got kicked out of the sea monster cave. Nice. And uh, he he went and lived in a couple of kids' treehouse. Johnny and Scott. He lived in their treehouse, and the 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 episodes were about how Sigmund. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you some of the synopsis of the episodes. Sigmund falls in love with <laughs> Fluffy. Uh, you know, uh, Sigmund's family kid, kidnaps Scott, so Johnny dresses up like Frankenstein to save him. Uh, the Wolfman makes a surprise appearance at the Ooze Cave. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> Sigmund's going mama. down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Sigmund's mama, Sigmund's mother was named Sweet Mama, and Sweet Mama decided to redecorate the Sea Monster Cave. That was an episode. Sigmund's uh, dad was named Big Daddy, and Big Daddy, Sweet Mama, kicked Big Daddy out of the cave. And he went and had to move in with Sigmund, you know. And Sig- yeah, you, Sig- you, I'm definitely YouTubing this one uh, yeah, yeah. as soon as we get off the phone. Well, here's the Netflix. Here, here, <laughs> it, no, no, here's the best part. I think it's Amazon okay. is bringing back Sigmund the Sea Monster, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Uh, they're doing it. I think it's starting back up this year. Yeah, it's awesome. uh, so Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. And I really thought it was a great fictional character to share a name with uh, yeah, because oh, yeah. he was a good sea monster. He didn't want to scare people. He just he just wanted to hang out. With Johnny and Scott in the treehouse, so it's 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 fantastic, and uh, no, I'm never going to change it. <laughs> That's awesome. well, it definitely is memorable, and it stands out. I mean, I as when you tweet, I see it on my timeline immediately. So that's that's pretty awesome. Um, Christian, you want to take it home with the with the last question? Yeah, we we got a question, and uh, we ask all these all the people we have on our show the same question. It was interesting to hear Jeff Jeff Hasley's response earlier uh, in the off season. So we I want to hear yours. Um, let's say you're at a restaurant, Sigmund, and you order a steak. Uh, I don't know how you order your steak, but let's say you order it medium, and it comes out well done. What do you What do you do in that scenario? Well, because it's a steak, chances are it's a, an expensive meal, and I know that it's not the waiter's fault. So I probably would say, like, I know this is not your fault, but um, because a well done steak, there are people down in Texas. That would probably think I was yeah. terrible for saying this, but no. I mean, if I'm getting so, if I'm going to get a steak somewhere, I'm probably going to get something that's like I don't like marbly steaks. You know, I want something like New York strip or even a filet mignon or something like that because I don't get right. steak out that often. So yeah, if it's well, well done, it's ruined basically, as far as I'm concerned. Of course. And I would probably Absolutely. just tell the waiter, you know, I know this isn't your fault, but uh, you know, the steak, this is how the steak came out. Although on in general. I'm the kind of person at restaurants that won't complain about things. Um, I, I think that there's a dividing line between people who worked in ser- the service industry and people who didn't. Oh, yeah. And if you worked in the service industry, you try not to bother people. You know they're working really hard. You know that they are having to depend on all these other people to do their job. Um, so I think the essence of your question, like I tend to err on the side of just saying, oh, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But I would try to be very gentle because I was probably you know paying 15 or 20 or $25 for that steak. That's why. Um, you know, if I ordered a burger medium and it came out well done, I'd probably just put more ketchup on it or something. Right. But <laughs> I try yes. to be a nice guy out there, just like Sigmund, the sea monster. That yeah, is the go. correct answer from all the people that we've talked to. You, you're very polite about the steak, but you return the steak very nicely. That is the correct answer. The first person to get well, I win. <laughs> you win a steak. Uh, next time we're uh, you're you're in Pennsylvania, right? Actually, I'm out, from outside of Pittsburgh. I'm down in Austin, Texas, though. Oh, okay. All right. 
nice. next time uh next time we're in that area well i'll I'll definitely nice. get you steak <laughs> or yeah uh you have any you know anybody at a franklin's that you can kind of skip the line yeah, for us no, no, they just changed it no 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 guys you can pre-order now really you can, oh yeah, they just changed it like last week that's so, a game changer Oh, it is, because Franklin's really is that good. But if anybody out there listening, if you're coming down to Austin and you want some barbecue and you don't want to wait in line, you don't want to go through the rigmarole, I would say Franklin's is five stars out of five. There are places that are four and three quarters that I can tell you about that don't have lines that nobody knows about. Nice. Yeah, I'll I'll hit you up before we go. I'm a a barbecue connoisseur. Oh, it's uh, the best. Franklin's ruined all barbecue for me. Oh, my God. It was so the original trailer – was in a vacant lot right across the freeway, like two or three blocks from my place. It was it was like in the stretch of, of, of freeway frontage road that's like next to places like Chicas Bonitas, Topless right, right. Dancing, and like Dreamers Adult Bookstore and things like that. And then in this vacant lot, they set up Franklin's. And you heard about it. I think I went like the first or second week was open because you heard about it. And it was just – it was like, where have you been all my life? Yeah, but, yeah. but listen, I want to settle this right now on your show, okay? Like this is a, so there's lots of – it's cute when people argue about barbecue, you know. And there are parts of the country like – Memphis does ribs like pretty well, and there's like a whole hog barbecue in South Carolina and things right. like that. But there's only one place that does barbecue, like real barbecue. It's Texas. Of course, um, yeah. it's Texas, and it's because it's about the meat. It and is. like you go to you go to some of the old school places in Texas, and you ask for barbecue sauce, they're just gonna look at you strange, like yeah. when your dog for what? Yeah, his head like, what do you want? Sauce? Like you came here to get meat that was slow cooked with love to take on all these flavors. Hundred percent. And you want to put sauce on it, yeah. So it is yeah. Texas. No disrespect yeah, out there, but it, it te- there's only one place to get barbecue. Yeah. So I'm I'm here in Greensboro, North Carolina, right in the center of the oh, state. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it people go crazy over the barbecue here. I'm like, this is nothing. <laughs> what do they do? Like the mustardy sauce there? Is that what? Yeah, North- it, it depends yeah. if you're on the east or west of North Carolina. It's either mustardy in the east or uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess ketchup based or whatever in the west. I, I might have that wrong. I don't even know, but. Yeah, it's, it's too different. Oh, no, vinegar and, and mustard base. That's what it was. Yeah, God, I think mustard. so hungry right now. We don't even get into that picture here. Like, you know, no, exactly. Smoke, yeah, you don't need it. Salt, it's Smoke, salt, and pepper, basically. That's right. Yeah. Nice. And that was the eat portion of eat, sleep, fantasy. Well, <laughs> you get the meat coma. You know, you get, you get the meat sweats. You eat like a pound of brisket, and then you sleep. Yeah, awesome. so that's Sigmund's next podcast is uh, yeah. just food, a food podcast. That, Please, that's another yes. one for you. Oh, we, I mean, if you want to start up a side <laughs> podcast about food with us, I'm 100% down. Sigmund, tell our listeners uh, before we let you go where they can find you at yeah. and uh, how to follow you. Yeah, like look for Sigmund the Sea Monster on Twitter. Uh, at Sigmund Bloom um, and Twitter. I'm a Twitterholic. And then footballguys.com. And look, if, you, if you've just heard about Football Guys now, then we have a free newswire. Our shows, the Audible, are free. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, we tweet them out. There's at the Audible. We've got um, free forums, like I was saying, the Proving Ground. And then we have our app. Our Draft Dominator app is the best draft assistant app. Really, I'm not shilling for it. It's incredible. Uh, we've got a daily fantasy app that does weekly algorithms for you, helps you with your lineups. That's fantastic. And then if you like that, you can subscribe. And it's just a community of people that are sick about football, basically. Yeah. And we just think about it all the time from every possible angle we can. We have like 60, over 60 people on staff coming at it from all kinds of different backgrounds. Uh, we just love it. And um, I think that you know people who haven't heard about football guys – you're home. I mean, if you're listening to this show, Eat, Sleep, Fantasy, then that really, y'all are 
conceptually right in line with us. And uh, mm-hmm. again, that's why this is an exciting time. I love doing the podcast tour at this time. I love. I can't wait to come back. Uh, what took you so long to ask me? Uh, <laughs> because it's it's fun to just to share in the excitement and feel that anticipation. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, we we definitely appreciate. It. We've been we've been followers and fans of yours and and football guys for a long time. So we appreciate yeah. your time coming on here, man. You guys got some great stuff. Definitely check out Football Guys. Their tools on there. Their, I mean, the articles, the tools. They've got some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah. I would hate to be the guy that has to update the historical data dominator. Ah. <laughs> Doug Drinnen. So you know, like Pro Football Reference. That's Doug Drinnen. Um, Doug Drinnen's one of those people. He would never want me to say this. He would never want any attention for it. But truly, a pioneer in fantasy football. Like he's one of the people who laid the groundwork that allowed us to launch. Like allowed online fantasy football to really uh, run amok the way it has because of the mastery of that kind of stuff and yeah if there's a cool tool chances are it's a Doug Drennan tool and then if it's something to do with the app at Simon Shepard I'm very very lucky at, at football guys to work with so many talented people where all I have to do is just talk so thanks for giving me a chance to talk well, yeah. it was, it's been awesome having you on Sigmund definitely we gotta make this uh, something that we do more often and we were so glad to have you on our show oh, my great pleasure yeah you have a good night Good night. All right. Good night, Sigmund. Goodbye. All right. Well, it was pretty awesome being able to talk to Sigmund. Uh, it's, it's so cool to have some of these people on our show. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like a, like a, what's the proper word for this? A fangirl? Fanboy. Oh, yeah. Probably fanboy would be better. More appropriate. <laughs> 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 uh, really, really cool to be able to talk to some of these uh, people that have been putting in, you know, years and years of their experience into fantasy analysis um anyways we do want to close our show by letting you know that if you want to follow us on twitter go ahead and follow us at eat sleep ff if you want to submit a listener voicemail go ahead and call us on 507-69-SLEEP that's 507-69-SLEEP and we will play those questions on the next podcast yeah Um, the 69 was totally coincidental Thanks for drawing attention right. to it now. <laughs> yes, it was totally coincidental. Yeah, but Dale, you'd know that even though it was coincidental, he got in and he was like, 69. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I need two numbers. I'm not going to pick just a random, like, 1 6 or 21. Like, that's stupid. 21? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, for real, dude. What the hell is that? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you next time. Man, Brito really doesn't know iTunes. how to end the show. You really don't know yeah, how to end he, the show. He does kind of suck. Yeah. And I don't think he introduced himself the whole time, but we're going to go ahead and end before he can even introduce himself. Yep, I did. Thanks Good for night, guys. I did. I promise I did. And we like to play till the sun go down Yeah, we like to play till the sun go down And we take that town, and we take that town